Good morning. Thank you for participating in another episode of Dubai's Daughter. I have the pleasure of speaking with Jay Burke Freeman. Jay is the owner of TALK Associates, and he's also a published author. So it is an absolute pleasure to have you take just a moment of your time to speak with us here. Burke, would you introduce yourself, sir? Well, uh, hi, everybody. I'm Jay Burke Freeman, and uh, mo most people call me Burke. The taking charge of your positive direction is uh, is one of the things that I did that came around in a transition in my life. That was back in around uh, 2005, 2006. Rather than a big transition, that's when the time. That's the time I really started writing about this work and talking to people about this work and making presentations about the work of uh, what what we call consistent positive direction. All right. So can you give me, we have an icebreaker, of course, Bert. Okay. Can you tell me about your first business etiquette experience and what were the results? My first business etiquette experience. Well, interestingly enough, I had a, uh, there was a friend of mine, her name was uh, Joyce Green. We were, we were good friends. And right around the time that I was starting my business early, uh, she was she was also uh, she worked at Marsh Brown College. She was a professor at Marsh Brown College, and actually, she taught business etiquette among other things. And I had yet to ever attend classes, but the experience that we had, and and she shared so much with me that it really helped me to to put the fine tune to getting my business started, but also making sure that the work that we did and the way I talked about it connected to the people or whoever I served. And uh, she and she and I have been good good friends ever since then. And we have these kind of conversations as well. That's and uh, she actually taught a business etiquette class. And rather than it, it was different than I attended it, but the kind of conversations that we had together, I learned a lot from the way that she was talking about the class, how it was put together, and um, it was, she was a, a, a real eye-opener. That's great. Mm -hmm. That was business etiquette back then. Uh, a lot of people haven't experienced learning business etiquette, like actually taking a class for it. It's very important, but a lot of people haven't done it. So yeah, you were one of the fortunate ones. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I think I was. <laughs> now, the thing is that I do what I was told. Now, that's the other thing. <laughs> that's, a whole different, that's a whole different conversation here. That's right. That's right. That's right. So we'll talk whatever else you want to talk about. <laughs> okay, so we'll just jump right on in. So what are you doing career-wise? I know I've said you were the owner of TALK um, Associates and you're a published author, but can you elaborate a little bit more for our audience to know exactly what those two things are? Uh, back in 2007, 2006, 2007, there was, uh, you know, every now and then we all in some way or uh, of our lives have an epiphany, something that really pops. Uh, one of the things that really popped for me in 2006, 2007, 
was that hey you can take all the negative words out of everything that you out of everything to say and still say what needs to be said and that was an idea at first and uh, actually and as that idea evolved it actually within that year and sharing with friends and talking to friends and uh, actually started a business around it and the reason that we called it talk associates was because it was about talking actually the t a l k it has periods after it when i named the business i named it talk and somebody said well that looks too bland so let's put a period after each one okay. <laughs> oh man now we have to figure out what it means but yeah. that's, that's that's how talk associates started so does it mean anything t okay uh, yes yes we we spent a whole day working on that and talk stands as an acronym for techniques and alternative language kinetics. I know, say that's what I mean. That's why we call it talk. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. as much as uh -huh. I talked to you, I didn't know what it stood for. Yeah, yeah. And the reason that we use uh we we carefully put that together and that word kinetics really uh is is the core of the meaning where kinetics means movement. Kinetics means uh, action, and that's and that's why we use that word kinetics. Very and, interesting. Yeah, and the language itself really very simply says, how do you take all the negative words out of everything that you say and still make your point? Okay, so that's our positive direction. So we're going to go right on to the next question. But sure, sure. Back to this because this is something that I think a lot of people need to start doing like in my in my years i'm having to learn how to talk it's very positive so in high school did you know what you wanted to do with your life i went to a high school called st joseph's prep in philadelphia and i was very fortunate because it um, first of all it was a preparatory school and the other one is that it really helped in terms of when it came time to go to college, to make decisions to go to college. And St. Joseph's Prep was a school that was very attractive to colleges. Yeah. And so I had great opportunities there. And I had an opportunity to, to go to the Naval Academy, which I did. So when I graduated in whatever year that was, and, and <laughs> I graduated from Naval Academy in 1970. I went uh, in 1966, I, I, I uh, went on to the Naval Academy and graduated in, in 1970. And I was very fortunate to be able to have that kind of opportunity with one of the very best educational institutions in the whole wide world. And that was, uh, that was a good opportunity for me. Yes, very, yeah. very good. And I know you dated yourself. You know what? Great. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our audience are not our teenagers, are not our 15 through 17 participants. Our audience are mm -hmm. adults. So uh, you saying the years and all of that, but look at what you're doing now. Even, the, even those things that you did back then were awesome. They all brought you to right where you are now. So, and then you still build from there. You built yourself from there. So all of those things go into who you are right now. 
I'm very, very fortunate to have such a, a influential man to take their time to be on the podcast with us. And we just, I know we just dated ourselves. I don't know if this was a thing for you back then, but did you have any interns when you were in high school or even college? Uh, actually, actually, no, yet, yet to uh, have any internships while I was in high school to, you know, for particular colleges. Uh, but I, I, I know, I know people who have, but, you know, while I was, while I was at, at, at St. Joe's and St. Joe's has, um, was one of the top three high schools in Philadelphia. And at that time, it was really, there was a lot of uh, civil rights uh, issues going on among other things. And uh, being at the right place at the right time probably, probably helped a lot. So the, there were, at, at some point, the Naval Academy was sending uh, uh, sending what you can call recruiters to different different high schools and different colleges in um, in uh, in the city, and they the Navy was on a pretty big push around around race and around racial justice. They were on a campaign to recruit African Americans. You can say recruit whatever that is or help African-Americans be interested. It's different than they twisted your arm or anything like that. But uh, at, at one point, uh, the Navy sent, uh, there were three top three colleges, three high schools in Philadelphia. I, I applied for admission and, and fortunately committed to Naval Academy. And in our class that year, there were, uh, there were, in our class that graduated in, in 1970, I, I went in 1966, 1970 in our class that graduated, there were si only six African-Americans in that class. And there were very few African-Americans who actually went to Naval Academy in those times or any of the military academies, West Point or any of the other ones. Yeah, because you're saying academy is not the same as just regular Navy. Right, right, right. This was a college did. This was a, you've heard of the Army-Navy game? Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. well, that's the Navy that I'm talking about. Yes. My uh -huh. sister was in the Navy. I'm very aware of oh, that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And, and that's what I'm, on, I'm I'm making sure that it's broken down. There's a difference between the Navy going out on the, sh the ships. I think she was on an ammunition ship, but the Naval Academy. Well, the yeah. Naval Academy, yeah. And the Naval Academy, it's, it's, a, it's a, a, a college education. Yes. So and a lot of people have heard of West Point and U.S. Military Academy and the Coast Guard Academy. So those academies are, uh, you, you basically are a mission to a, to a college. Yes. And automatically have some time that you have to serve in the Navy and the Marine Corps. So you graduate as a military officer. Very important. I was waiting on you to get to that part. Yes. Officer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that's exciting right there. It really is exciting. This is a good question. I hope that that you can answer it for us in um, your own J. Burt Freeman positive direction way. Okay. <laughs> How do you think company culture impacts business etiquette? Uh, one one of the areas uh, I've worked with a couple of people around business etiquette and. Uh, one of the areas that we worked with 
probably more strongly than anything else was the way that organizations internally, the way that organizations function and operate internally from a people standpoint. And, uh, and it, it's interesting, you find uh, a number of different things and that, that it's, that's big because very few companies, very few companies, at least back then and probably now, even thought about the word business etiquette. <laughs> Uh, usually, if it's business dedicated, it's people who are, you know, they're, you know, graduated from college and they're getting ready to go to, um, to get their job someplace. If somebody is, uh, you know, if, 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 I've, if I've got a position in a company of some type, a leadership position or something like that, um, at least in my sense, last thing the world in the world that I'm going to be thinking about <clears throat> get introduced to is business, business etiquette. Outside of the fact that I get introduced to it. Uh, so even when you brought up business etiquette, I, uh, the last time, I'm trying to remember the last time I even talked about business etiquette, but this friend of mine that I was telling you, Joyce, Joyce was very much into that back then, uh, even to a point where uh, coincidentally, we actually put together a, uh, she had a business etiquette program at Marsh Brown College. And uh, and, and I, I had, with these skills, these positive direction communication skills, she incorporated positive direction communication skills in her business business etiquette program. And that was that was real interesting to, yeah. to see that. Uh, and I'm trying to do the same thing that Joyce is doing it. I'm doing it on a younger scale, mm -hmm. you know, not, not a smaller scale, younger, it's my mm -hmm. audience younger, our participants are younger, but it is very much needed. Now, this was back, way back, I don't know how far back, and I'm not gonna date Joyce because I don't know her, but that's what she was doing back then. Mm -hmm. And it did catch on, some things caught on with business etiquette, I know that, but then it just kind of just died down. There are a lot of people that still exemplifies business etiquette, but there are a lot of people that don't even know what it is. Well, um, you know, it's it's really funny because uh, just as there are so many people who have yet to know what it is now, there were a whole lot of people back then who have yet to know what it is. And and outside of the fact that it 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 has been it would have been made popular in different ways, uh, you know, I I would love to say that it's you know it really catches on. I mean, the reason I got involved i i knew what business etiquette was was because back then joyce was uh, we were we, we we interacted in a lot of different ways you know business wise and promotion wise and, and grabbing positive direction wise and what she did and she taught business etiquette so that's how i learned about it um somewhat and mm -hmm. and actually helped to help different uh, help to promote it but also help to help myself understand it that much better yeah. Yes. And uh, that, that's one thing. Now, can I say that I have been involved and pushed business card etiquette ever since then? I wish I could say yes, but no. So it, 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 it's something where it's just a part of, of um, a, a, a key part of, of, of doing business that way is when you pay attention to what's going on in the organization from a financial standpoint, and from a diversity standpoint and from an organizational standpoint you have to have those three things
And, and so managing, managing diversity has always been an issue with companies and organizations in a lot of different ways. And I was very much involved with diversity in, in different ways in different areas. And, and that has such a strong connection to, to business etiquette in some ways. And at the same time, being able to manage myself in a business environment, wherever I am, while at the same time managing differences among individuals that I work with. So you put in diversity, uh, culture, etiquette, all of that, and it all rolls in together. And then the timelines, the timelines are very important too. Back then we were dealing with, I say we, mm -hmm. uh, because no, I wasn't in it like my parents were in it. I was just, I was a newborn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Back then, civil rights was a huge thing. And so you, you're dealing with that part of it, of life, as well as trying to educate yourself, get an education, move on with your life. People of color were being integrated into different things, military and all of that. You went through it and you came out on the other end of it, Jaybert Freeman. Let's go on. So what is your level of education? You know, you've done the, the Naval Academy. Did you become an officer? Yes. Yeah, I was a Marine Corps. When you graduate from the Naval Academy, you automatic, you get commissioned as an officer in the Navy or the Marine Corps. The Marine is that, Corps is a part of the Department of the Navy too. If I mean. <laughs> is that as far as you went? with education? I got a master's degree in human relations uh, from Golden Gate University uh, while I was in the military. So I'm impressed. <laughs> I, I'm very, very impressed. I am. You know, everything about you is just very impressive. And I'm so glad to, again, and fortunate to be here talking with you now and working with you at the same time. Thank you. Oh, thank you. So let's jump right on. So have you noticed business etiquette lacking in the companies today? Now, that's a good question. And let me rephrase it a little bit. We're in Zoom land because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So you're not getting up walking into an office and you've got your own anyway, but the people that you're that you're dealing with on a daily basis, these are companies that you're dealing with, the individual themselves. Have you noticed any business etiquette lacking? Over the last uh, year and a half or so, I've, I've done a lot of individual work, but at the same time, you know, when this, I, I, I would say something else that besides lacking, uh, what still carries through is the is the hierarchical uh, the hierarchical relationship and the hierarchical feelings uh, you know uh, or uh, interactions and, and and in some ways it seems that sometimes it seems that it takes a lot to really know how to manage manage the hierarchy if, if I'm the boss or how to manage the hierarchy if I'm reporting to somebody. 
And, you know, I I was in the military and you're in the military, you report to somebody, you report to somebody. There's there's a, a, a chain of command and a military chain of command that, you know, after I got out of the military, I saw that, you know, sometimes people just carry a chain of command with them. Yes. That's the boss. That's what they said. That's what I'll do. (laughs) Uh, And, and, and sometimes the idea of allowing for originality, sometimes we wonder whether that comes from the hierarchy or comes from the folks at, at the bottom end, but it actually, it's, it's both ways. And, and it's both ways in terms of, of either how people interact with each other, how people talk to each other. And a very simple thing would be to, you know, for an organization, uh, and, and some organizations do it very, very well, is to make, make, arrangements, make, make arrangements in such a way that there is a, a type, a level of communication where, where we talk and, and we get things done. Yes. And at the same time we get things done, the level of getting things done at a high level, there's also a high level of interpersonal communication. And being able to have both of those in an organization is, I'm going to say a little bit rare, but when it happens, it is magic. It flows better. Yes, it does. It yes. does. It does significantly. There's got to be a little bit more of a human, human interaction in a way that as, as much as it's so hierarchical, it is a lot more strongly of working together. As much as there's, there's rank, there's also interaction that, yeah. that plays itself out. Does that make sense? It does completely make sense mm-hmm. to me. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. In order for you to be a leader, you have to have followers. Because everybody can't be a leader, everybody can't be a follower. However, in being a leader, you have to be able to delegate to the followers with them being followers and leaders at the same time in this hierarchy. They have to show that they can lead, that they can follow directions, they can keep this moving. So you don't have to. And there's another piece to that. And that is that as a leader, even in the military, wherever I am, I have to be an enabler. I have to be able to enable the very best performance of the people that report to me, that we do it all together. You know, I know where I am. I know whoever I am. I know that there's a hierarchy here. And yet at the same time, I also know that the idea of quality has part to do with does it look right does it act right but the other other part of that is having quality relationships all the way through through where uh, as a leader i am a very power i need to be a very powerful enabler to enable you to perform at your very best i like that i'm glad you added that in there it's not always good to be an enabler we all know that well, this, this is enabling performance. <laughs> Make it, making it so that you can be the very best at, at where you are and what you do. Yes. And a big part of my role, uh, if, if you're reporting to me, then a big part of my role is, is to make it so that that can happen. And also so that you can grow in, in where you are 
so that you can grow from where you are to where you want to be too. Um, you know, in, uh, in, in a leadership position, uh, particularly in the military, it's like that way anyway. When somebody comes in the military, promotion is a big part of it. Yes. You got to really, you, you know, you really got to, you know, if I've got somebody who's reporting to me, I know they want to be promoted. I know they want to be really good. So I have to keep that in mind too. Yes. Does that make sense? It does. Absolutely. Uh, my final question is, do you, as Jaybert Friedman, have any comments, any advice, or any questions for us as Tobias' daughter? Can I say something, one more thing about the organizational piece to this? Whatever you want to, sir. <laughs> so, you know, working in organizations, uh, a lot of times, the biggest, from a business standpoint, that I should, whoever I am, whoever we are, should always be mindful of is, did we deliver what was supposed to be delivered? And did they receive what they were supposed to receive? Okay, so now that's from the company to the customer. And and uh, uh, sometimes we may deliver what's supposed to be delivered, but sometimes the customer might get something different than they were supposed to receive. And if that's the case, it's still our responsibility as the company to make sure that that's right. <laughs> whatever those circumstances are. So that's what happens with a company, my company, whoever my company is, and my customers. I have to make sure that I deliver what's supposed to be delivered and that what my customers receive, what they're supposed to receive. But internally in an organization, it's the same thing. Whether I'm a one-person organization or a, well, a two-person organization or a 10-person organization, I've got thousands of people in my organization. We have to deliver internally in an organization in a way that when it gets to the people who actually talk and deliver straight to the customer, that those people, those frontline people, have everything that they need. Uh, the, the positive direction. In terms of what the customer wants. That's what's really, really, really key. Uh, and uh, So imagine building an entire organization around supporting the performance and delivery of your frontline folks in a way that they can have the very best performance so that their customers can have the very best products and experiences. Yes. And that's philosophically that, uh, and actually, actually, that's what Talk Associates, that's, that's one of the things that with Talk Associates and when we work with organizations, that's one of the things that we work with organizations to help them do that. Now, I am one of his students. Is that a good word? That's fine. However you say it. <laughs> I got a course. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it, Bert, you know, because we've started an organization. We're not only dealing with people, but we're de dealing with teenagers. So as I do this and I learn, I can share it with our participants at such a young age, they will not wait until they're my age before they start using this. They can immediately start using it because they would notice the way that I speak because of my coach, which in turn makes me their coach. That's one of the main reasons I wanted to get this done is because I know that I'm going to be dealing with people and I'm going to be dealing with teenagers. The teenagers can have this implemented at such a young age 
the only thing it does for them is make them shine. It makes them stand out more. You have the manners, which is business etiquette. You have skill set, which is business administration. Those are two our two programs. Use use the skills that you learn in positive direction to do what you do. What you're teaching them is the business etiquette skills and those kinds of things. Yes. Just use the language. And it changes everything because they're going to say what you said. And, and when they remind each other, they'll remind each other to respect each other rather than using the don'ts, wants, and can'ts. Because when you take the don'ts, wants, and can'ts out of what you say, you just talk about where to move towards and what to do, then they'll say what you say. That wraps up this episode. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. I appreciate, thank you for uh, hosting this. That's nice. That's nice. I appreciate I appreciate being here. Uh, check out our website, devicedaughter.org. Follow our links on Spotify, LinkedIn, Facebook. We thank you so much, and we will speak with you soon. Thank, thank you. you.